Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is my thoughts, my opinions. This is episode two. I want to start off with a program that I recently watched. It was a special, I believe it was done by E.T. And the special was about Kobe Bryant. The piece was mainly about, it was going over his life. The, the highlights, the up and downs, and just the impact that he had and the, all the things that he managed to accomplish, to accomplish in his life. And when I was watching this, uh, the Holy Spirit came to me and said, like, despite all these things that this man has done, all the accomplishments, people he has touched. If he did not repent of his sins and turn to Christ and profess that Jesus is Lord and he's the son of God, he would go to hell. This was initially like shocking and a real eye opener for me. As a Christian, I already have the understanding of how important it is to spread the gospel and to spread the good news to as many people as you possibly can. But that reminder that the Holy Spirit placed on my heart just was a- another reminder saying like this is like this is important like you're dealing with people's eternities people's eternity is on the line and that's not something to play with so you need to tell as many people because it's it's a tragedy even even for one person to go to hell and that just really took me to the core and I'm just like wow like all of these things on on the surface like he's done good things he's been an influence of many people but God isn't looking at the good things that that you have done I could care less about the good things that you have done I mean it doesn't matter because he sees your good deeds as filthy rags your your good is is not good enough you're talking about the glory standard of God that's perfection. Your good is not perfection. You can't buy your way into heaven. You can't do anything. Is it a free gift from God? And that was just like the most shocking thing to me. The most shocking thing to me is just like, wow. You know, it, it just, it really just really brought it home. And that's why like many, many of you who, who are going to listen to this, maybe some of them are going to be my friends. And and you know, if I've talked to you about Christ, you know. And if you have forgot about that conversation that we had, I I, I need you to think about it again. Really think about it. Because what you're doing is you're gambling not with your life, not not with your life right here, right? I'm not talking about the... 50, 60, 80, some 90 odd years that you're going to live on this earth. I'm talking about for the rest of your eternity. I understand that that's hard to conceptualize and really put that into perspective of what that is like. But it's infinity. It has no end. You're gambling your eternity in hell. For the simple fact that there's a possibility that God doesn't exist. There is no hell. There is there is no righteousness. There is no absolute truth. You just die and it just goes to black. You're ready to risk that over your eternity. In, in the, the home of your soul. I don't understand it. I mean, I do understand it. I understand why you want to reject Christ. I understand why you don't want that to be true. Because if it were to be true, that means a lot of the things that you are doing and that that you enjoy would have to end. 
the things of this world that you partake in would have to end. The fornicating, the lying, the adultering, the cheating, homosexuality, prostitution, all of that stuff is over when you come to Christ and you feel like in giving your life to Christ and fully submitting to his will in some way, somehow that you're missing out. Let me tell you something. You are not missing out one bit. You're not. You're not. You're not missing out on the parties. You're not missing out on the drinking. I want, I want you to really first, I mean, I mean, I understand that we're young. I'm 19, right? For the most part, I would say that I think before I make my choices. But I am still young. So there are things in my life that I did not think out, but I suffered the consequences. So I want you to really think about all the people in your life, right? Older people who have who have gone down this very same path that you were going down and look at their life. Look at their life. And, and if they would be open to listen to them, listen to their experiences and what they had to go through. The path of the wicked is not a life that you want. It's not a life that's going to bring you good fruit. It's not a life that's going to bring you peace. It's not. Don't be fooled. The devil, he's a crafty creature. He's selling snake oil, leading you to believe that this life of partying, sex and drugs is somehow fulfilling and it makes you feel good. It's not. What it is, is it's destroying you. It's you are killing yourself. You are self-destructing yourself. And you don't even see that. That's why I have came to you to speak to you and to show you that, brother, sister, this is not the way to go. And y'all know me. I'm not going to suggest or tell you anything that's whack or that's not real. <laughs> like, like. Keep it 100. Like, if you know me, right, you know me, you know how I move, you know how I'm bumming, you know if I'm coming to you with some information, it's real, it's truth, it's going to benefit you as it is benefiting me, and that I am doing it or I am trying to do it myself. All of these things are true for everything that I say as, as, as it pertains to advice and suggestions. Always. And it is no different when I tell you about Jesus. I'm telling you about Jesus because I know what he can do for your life. I know what he has done for your life. I myself worship and follow Christ and have benefited from it. And I want you to benefit from it as well. And also, I don't want you to have to deal with that consequence. Once again, it's just a, um, you know, a lot of people 
at, at our age aren't capable of putting things in perspective and really, really thinking about things. I know that you are not looking that far into the future. You're not looking to your eternity right now because, you know, you know, they say you're, you're young. Do what you want to do. Live your best life. You're young. Do it while you can. Do whatever you want. But it, it's, it comes a time where you have to really sit down and evaluate things. And sit down and see if, if what I'm saying is true. If for whatever reason, if my word and all the advice I've given to people and may have given to you is not sufficient. Sit down and think for yourself. That's something that's very rare nowadays that people sit down and think for themselves. Rarely do you have people who have their own voice, have their own opinion. I mean, and that's where this podcast comes from. Because I have my own thoughts and my opinions. This isn't coming from anybody else. Right. You see many people say, oh, uh, I've grown up into the church. You know, this is just something I do. Uh, Well, well, that's not the case for me. Granted, I was blessed to be brought up in a family who all believe and serve Christ. But. I still make my own choices. I'm still me. I'm still Kyle. I still ultimately have to make that choice to come to Christ, in which I have done. And I can honestly tell you that will be the best decision I have ever I will ever make in my life. Best decision I will ever make in my life. Oh, how can you say that you're only nine? I it's fact. There, there is no other decision greater than the choosing to submit to Christ. To repent. And acknowledge that you are a sinner. Come to God and say, Father God, I have sinned against you. Forgive me, Lord. One of the best decisions that you will ever make in your life. And I have made in my life. It's saying something that can be earned. It's saying something. No, it's a gift given by God. Thing is, is if you're going to accept it or reject it. And if you reject it, I need you to be a man or a woman. And say, I made that choice and I'm willing to live with the consequence. And that consequence is going to hell. I'm going to keep it on it. You're not going to be able to live with that decision. You you can't. Being caramelized while you're alive for for eternity, you're not going to be able to deal with that. I don't know. I just don't know. And it's really, it's really sad to see how things are progressing um, in this country and around the world because the world doesn't have God. It doesn't. That's why you're seeing all of these lost people, confused people, because they're living in darkness and they don't know where they're going. That's why you're seeing so many broken, broken people Broken families because they don't know where they're going. They're walking in darkness. They live in darkness. They love the darkness. And that's why when you say the name Jesus, people are reactive. Because I'm shining that light on that darkness.
And that darkness don't want to let go. You think the devil want to let go of you? He has you right now. Right now, if you... Let me explain something to you, right? If you're an unbeliever, if you're an unbeliever right now, right? If you're agnostic, if you're if you're an atheist, right now, how God sees you, God sees you as an enemy. Right? In James 4 4 it says, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Think about that. The person who created the universe, trees, birds, you, you're an enemy of. That's the wrong person to to, to be on the bad side of. You, You don't want that. You don't want to be on the wrong side of God. But you are right now, though. As it currently stands, you are an enemy of God. And that is because we are sinners. It is in our nature to naturally disobey God. Why? Because we have free will. God has given us free will. God has given us free will. And when you have choices, it's it's easier to make a wrong choice when you have choices. And he's given us that free will to decide. And you're naturally inclined to choose against God. We've all fallen short of his glorious standard, right? But our flesh tries to convince us that, no, we're good people. I do good things, right? You know, I fed the home. I treat people with kindness. I do these good things. God is pleased with me. I mean, when you say that, do you, do you really believe that God is happy? Would, would God be pleased with a, a, a liar, an adulterer, a cheater, a prostitute? You, you think he's, he's pleased with that? Someone who is hateful, you think he's pleased with that? Because all the things that I've just named, you have done, I have done, right? When I'm talking to you, I don't want you to think that, oh, here he's, he's standing on his moral high ground. I am no better than you, no better than anybody. I am a sinner. I just said all have fallen short of the glory of God. Get out of that self-righteousness. You're not a good person. Nobody is. Because I've just told you what you have stolen, you have cheated, you have lied. I don't, last time I remember, that's not the making of a good person. Only man that is good is Jesus. So with that being understand, as it is right now, you're an enemy of God. You are a liar, cheater, stealer, and adulterer at heart. You stand before God right now, you will be sent to hell. But God does not want that for his creation. God does not want to see anybody go to hell. Right. I, I just communicated to you that even one lost soul is, is a tragedy. So he has done something for us guilty sinners who are full deserving of his wrath being poured out upon. He sent his only one and begotten son to die for the sins of his world, the sins of this world, for the wages of sin is death. That's how God sees death. That's what death is. Wages. If you stand before a judge. And you have a stack of speeding fines. If someone pays your bail, you're free to go. The judge can legally grant you innocent and you can be set free. God has paid for your wages, paid for your death in blood by his own death and resurrection on the cross. So that you can be made free, so that you can be saved from his wrath. And that you can be forgiven. I mean, if that's not the... 
the most, uh, the, the best love story ever written. I don't know what it is. I mean, people say, oh, I, I love you. Well, well, w would you would you send your, your, your son or, or daughter to die for me? Would you? Would you? Would you die for me? And even if you just say that, there's no proof. I have proof that my heavenly father died for me, shed blood for me. That's who I love. That's who I serve. That's who I'm in a relationship with to the day that I die. That's that's that is the person who I follow and look up to. That's who I model. I don't I don't model myself or strive to be like a Meek Mill, a a, a, a Jay Z. I don't model myself after man. I model myself after God, and you should too. Don't model yourself after this world. This world is sinful and wicked. And you're saying, and many of you are starting to see that. You're seeing these people in the streets rioting and burning up stuff and acting like a plum fool. You're seeing that now. You're seeing just how evil and wicked the world really is. You're finally waking up and seeing what, what's real. And to segue into the, the next thing that I want to talk about is uh, double standards. Double standards are the, the weeds of moral subjectivity. Moral subjectivity, if you don't know what it is, is essentially a formation of beliefs and value through an individual experience. So if you're growing up in a household today, which this is pretty often for many of you, sadly, who are growing up in a household without God, or even as far as not... To grow, those who grow up in a household without God and without a family as well, too, which was that's pretty common as well, too. You're, you're pretty much raised by the world and your, your morals and values are shaped by your experience. So that leads down to moral subjectivity. You have your own truth in what you think is right or wrong. And nobody can prove that to you or, or, or say that you're wrong. Because they also have their own, their own truth, their own set of morals and values and what they think is right and wrong. And what's so dangerous about this is it's, it creates a situation where there is no absolute. When there is no absolute truth, you can make up anything and make reason for anything. <laughs> like rioting. Perfect example of what we're seeing in this world right now. You can reason and say that rioting is okay because... It's, it's a means to an end, right? This is this is something that that must be done because of um, X, Y, and Z. Um, because this is for Black justice, so we have to ride and, and and do all these. You can find reason to anything, and you can't pull out and say, "Oh well, no, that's wrong," because the Word of God disagrees. That that's not right. In that world, in that situation, you don't have that option because you have no absolute truth. And when it comes to double standards, it's really funny because there is no there are no double standards. There isn't. The most common one that I hear is that why is it that men can go out and have sex with all these women and be glorified and worshipped and celebrated, whereas women are seen as uh, hoes? Not a value, a high value woman. Why is that? Why are men allowed to do that? Well, now, in this world, it's allowed, but God does not allow that. God teaches sexual purity. 
He teaches against sexual impurity, which includes fornication, adultery, masturbation, pornography. Not just for men, not just for women, but for men. You need self-control, right? But when you step outside the teachings of the Lord, you're left to your own understanding, your own experiences. And from individual to individual, it's different. That's why you're seeing rapid changes in society because everybody just going off the hip. You're seeing the goalposts being moved. This, this, this is, this is okay, but that's not okay for right now. But what's not okay for right now could be okay within a few months, in a few years. The word of God never changes. God never changes. What was said then applies now. Hey, what, what, what do I know? I'm just some black 19-year-old kid just, just talking. <laughs> what, does he, what does he know what he's talking about? Uh, he's, he's just oh, he's just some crazy dude talking about Jesus, talking about his Jesus. I don't think it's crazy. Listen to what I'm saying and, and, and really think about it. And if you obviously if you have questions, I, I would absolutely love. I could talk about Jesus all day. That is my rib. I love Jesus more than anything. In this. I love Jesus more than my mama. I love Jesus more than food, than clothes, than my friends. Love Jesus more, more than I love myself. So if you have any questions, any theories, any objections you may have to Jesus, please bring them. I got time. I got time. I will address them. I will explain it to you. It ain't going to be no reason why you don't want to believe except for the fact that you just don't want to believe. So I'm going to lay it all out for you if that's what you But I'm going to tell the truth regardless. And it's not me saying it. It's the word of God. So if you got a problem with it, take it up with God. Your problem ain't with me. I'm not saying this. This is the word of God. This is the Bible that's saying it. What the Bible says, what God says is fact. It's law. It's law. It's just like that. Just like that. I don't question that because I have an understanding that things aren't just created just for the sake of them just being created. They're not just here without a, a purpose. God has designed everything with an intended purpose. It's set up in a particular way for a reason. Sex was placed into the context of a marriage between a man and a woman for a reason. If you sit down and think about it, you can see that reason. In the in in, in a marriage that is, is centered around Christ, you don't have things such as a baby daddy, a baby mama, STDs, situationships, confusion on where um your 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 partner may lie in a relationship. What what are they mo what are their motives with you? Are they just trying to use you use you up and then pass you off? Or are they actually wanted, wanting to be in a committed relationship? Or are you just some other body? Confusion. That's what comes from the world. That's what comes from the devil. God, it comes to bring clarity and understanding and truth. Not confusion. Lastly, let's just talk about some, some other stuff. COVID-19. Right? It's wild. I pray for all of those who have passed due to COVID-19. It's really sad to see and to hear. All of these people who are uh, dying in these hospitals alone without having their loved ones by their side really grieves my spirit to hear about that. The COVID-19 um, has had some good. Certainly is it, it has exposed so many things that are wrong. One of those things is college. 
college has been exposed to the COVID-19, right? I say that because I have read in a post on my school's public app from this girl who posted, and she says, at this point in the semester, we aren't very far, and I'm now just turning in assignments for the grade. I don't have enough time to teach myself the material and take notes, even with all the consistent all-nighters I have pulled. I am learning nothing at all. I'm retaining zero information. When I read that, I just realized that this is going to create a situation where we're not going to have any skilled people in the labor force anymore. I mean, not even necessarily saying that we did because I brought up college being being exposed by COVID-19 is because college has, matter of fact, to even to broaden it even more, the education system has never been a, a true test of your skills. It has never been a environment where you can cultivate your skills and actually use them in the workforce. It's always been a test of how much can you remember? How much mental RAM do you have? That's all that a degree really shows. Because a degree is nothing more than just like, I mean, getting a... a it really doesn't mean anything. And especially now it does not because you have so many different online resources. You can find the entire homework assignment online with all of the answers and turn it in. And the teacher's going to give you that grade. Sure, those students are finessing the system, including myself. We're finessing the system, but we're finessing ourselves out of our money and out of the opportunity to truly learn something. In my opinion, college... You're not really learning. You're learning stuff, but all the stuff that you learn, the knowledge that you obtain is dead because you never get to apply it. And a lot of these programs, they just sit you in a chair and talk to you for hours on end and lecture you to death. And you just have all this floating information and do absolutely nothing with it. The knowledge is only as good as you, as much as you use it. If you Learn um, how to, I don't know, let, let's say you learn how to balance the books of a company, right, in class. That's, that's what you're learning how to do. If you, if you never go out and actually practice how to balance, uh, balance the books of a business and actually put that in practice and go into the real world and actually work for a business and do that, that knowledge is dead. You're going to forget it. And that's what college is. It's you're not even cultivating skills that are going to pertain. That's good. That's going to help you flourish and be prepared when you get out into the field. You're just you just have knowledge. And it's up to you once you get your once you get boots on the ground for you to cultivate those skills and actually try to get something working together instead of coming out with those skills already in hand and just going. And this just shows why trade schools are back on the rise again because they are giving students the opportunity to have these skills right out the bag. You're not paying just to learn. You're paying to learn how to do. When you come out of a, a trade school, you're going to know everything that you need to know, you're not going to know anything that you do not need to know. And you're going to be prepared and you will have practiced 
and been taught in every single thing that you're going to do. College does not work like that. And it's college is, is more abstract and just a bunch of knowledge that just it just floats in the air. And then you have to take all of that, compartmentalize that and try to work some skills out and develop them yourself. And that's that's a broken system. And COVID-19 has exposed that because a system where students are not getting the chance to apply this information, they're not going to the information is dead to them. They aren't going to retain from information because it's not being practiced and they're going to be unequipped, un, unskilled and lack the knowledge of their field that they want to go in. And it's really sad. And I fit in that same boat. I'm not learning anything. <laughs> I'm not learning anything at all. The only thing that I do, I log on. I, I barely am keeping up with these due dates. Log on. Look at the assignment. Okay. Go to check. Type in the question. There's the answer. Take it. Put it in there. Submit the assignment. Get the grade. I'm not learning anything. You can't learn anything like that. At least just speaking for myself. Once again, these are my thoughts, my opinions. So that's just how I learn. If I'm not actually doing it myself, I'm going to forget it. I can remember it for the time being, right? I can remember it so I can get an A on that test, A on that quiz, A on that uh, assignment. I can do it for that period of time, but... Anything that that goes out outside of that um, that that time frame in which I'll need it, uh, I won't retain that. I mean, I could just think about all the, the like, particularly like math, all the stuff that all the knowledge that was just spewed at me. I, I don't remember any of that stuff. I don't. I don't, because I'm not using it. I'm not using the quadratic formula on a daily basis in my life. Therefore, it's going to be forgotten. So in my opinion, schools need to move away from the grading system, the ABCDF, and move toward a system that is truly giving students skills and not just knowledge, showing them how to do it and, and truly testing it that way, not just testing, oh, how good of a grade you can get. How high can your GPA get? What's your, what's your rank? No, it should be a test of, do you really know what you're doing? Can you do this? Do you understand what's going on? And I feel like that would be such a positive and you would see cheating going down and all these other things because people only cheat because they want the grade. They don't want their grade to go down. But if you're just truly testing them for to see what they really know and do they actually know how to do it, people are going to be, in my opinion, more motivated to actually sit down and learn and try to figure it out than opposed to just doing it for the grade, just doing it to get a degree. The degree of, of 2020 and beyond, and I will even go as far back as 2018, it's pointless. It has no value. A degree. No. So if you're an employer, if you are solely looking at the degree as a indicator that this person is 
skilled and equipped and is ready to do the job, you you taking else. That part the degree is not showing that. It no longer shows that. It it is no longer an indicator of somebody who is a skilled individual. It's not. It just shows you, hey, this person knows how to get good grades. They know how to finesse the system. They know what they're doing in that regard. That's all it says. All I mean, a degree right now is just a piece of paper. So if if you want to get good value for your money on schooling, I, I highly suggest that you go to a trade school. If what you want to do um, has the the pathway of a trade school, hopefully um, that could work out for you. College is just not the moves. I've honestly been thinking myself like, should I like drop out, take a gap year or I don't know, because it's just I'm not learning anything and I'm wasting my money and my and my time doing this because it's just like what it, what is going on. Lastly, um, um politics. Poli- I, I don't even like looking at the news anymore. It's such hot garbage, bro. It's just it's it's really dookie. It's, it's doodle juice. It's so mid. It's terrible. It's terrible. And part of what is making it terrible is the the party system and money. Having these parties, right, in particular, Republican and Democratic. I mean, those are only two parties, in all honesty, right? The consequence of that is you are limiting the choices of the American people. So that's why for... This this past election and this election, we're having to choose from the two lesser evils because we don't have any other options. Those are the only ones, as it appears. I mean, there are other people on the on the ballot, but those are the the main two that are being marketed and prioritized over uh, other candidates. And the, the problem that this um, creates is these parties form. And they have their own ideas and set of values that comes with it. So that removes the individual and they're just attached to the party. That's why you have um, people like an Obama who was saying, you know, before his election that homosexuality is wrong, but he's running for president. It's okay, Right. That's why you. Oh, that's why you have Joe Biden back in the 90s, tough on crime, but now he's for minorities. So on a sliding scale, you don't have an individual. The individual is gone. You don't have an individual like me or you who is fighting on Capitol Hill for the people. You just have uh, two parties. You have these two parties and then that's it. So you don't have, and I mean, get mad if you want to. Trump, as much as, as much as I dislike him and things about him, he is the first individual in this, as of lately. Hmm. I would say in history, but I would have to do my research on that. But definitely, as of late, the only individual, the only in- individual who's going to get up there and just say what he wants to say, irrespective of his party's beliefs. And how they conduct themselves. He he's just him. He's just him. 
And that has its own uh, benefits and consequences uh, to that as well. And also, too, money. When, when somebody's giving you money, they can tell you what to do. Right? That's why you see all, uh, all these lobbying groups and you see uh, Google and uh, Facebook appealing toward these politicians and supporting them because they want legislation passed on their behalf. And what all this has done, is it has corporatized the government. And this is not good because the government is not a business. It's the government. If it was a business, it would be phased out of the market because it cannot meet the demands of the people and it provides a terrible service. Look, look, look at the government. Right. And, and tell me that they're doing their job. DMV. That word alone. When you heard it, probably just gave you PTSD. People at the DMV are rude. They're disrespectful. They're impatient. They, you can just tell just from looking at them that they don't want to be there. You look at construction. The government will always overspend, will always be inefficient and poorly managed because it's the government. It's not a private corporate uh, corporation. If it was, it would be better managed because why? Because they want to make a profit, right? And their own self-interest leads to a good and service that you can reap from, that you can enjoy, that you can that you can use. And if they are not providing a good and service that pleases the people, that is profitable, they're no longer going to be a part of the market because it's competitive. People always, people, everybody wants a shot at making some money. And if this person isn't getting the job done, the prices are too high, they're not doing it right, they get phased out. But that ain't the case with the government. The government is always going to be there. No matter how bad the government is, no trash it is, is going to be there. That's why I am against big government. I don't want the government in my life. I don't want you controlling my health. I don't want you controlling. I don't want Joe Biden controlling my health care. I really don't. I really don't. I don't want you that close. I don't want you in my life like that. I want you to stay in D.C. Stay on Capitol Hill. I do not need you handling those things. Things of that matter can be handled by the free market, by private corporations. I don't need you doing that, bro, because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. <sighs> Talked a whole lot today. Talked a lot of serious things. Things that I would like for you to, to listen to, to think about, especially... Um, first portion of this podcast when I was speaking about the true living God, Jesus. I want you to really think about that. There is no other way to God except through Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through him. Do not be led into thinking otherwise. Not all paths lead to God. That is a lie. Repent and turn away from your sins. And accept Christ as your Savior.
I pray that all who are listening to listening to this will do this. And that's about it. Love you all. Be safe. Keep it tight. Keep it clean. Signing out. Peace.